Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is Ellie Nunn, and... James, I know you're upset. I don't like this between us. You know that I don't want to think that I'm out to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. And if I've done anything, I will not do anymore. And if you've done anything, let's not do anymore. Let's put it to rest and stop because that's not what life's about. The podcast is more important. It's my co-host, James Evans. You didn't even know what that was, did you? No, I didn't. Who is it? You thought it was Ramona. I did. How could you tell? Because as I was doing it, I was like, I sound like Ramona. Yeah, my, my brain was kind of, there was like a lapse. I was trying to kind of open up the filing cabinet of New York instead of Jersey. I know. Your hippocampus was like... Uh, absolutely. I feel like it's so, so Ramona. Be- I know you're upset. I don't like this between I us. Know, you I know that I don't want you to... I said I'm sorry and I don't want to hurt you. Hurt you. And okay. if I don't... And I, who, who was it? It's actually Kim D. Oh, well, come on. You can do a better Kim D than that. Come on. I know, but I felt like it would be weird if I went, my name's Ellie Nunn, and James, I know you're upset. I don't like this between us. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a smoother transition. Yeah, yeah, too much. I'm getting my crucifix out. Ah! <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. Speaking of, there's a bit in um, the Posh Fashion Show episode where they're putting um, fake eyelashes on Ashley <laughs> whilst talking to her. And they're like bending her eye back and she's just like white. The whites of her eyes underneath, and it's honestly terrifying. It's about oh, as close to the uh, the Kim D Exorcist. I know. So yeah, you could do an edit of that whole episode completely, where it was like how they did the scary Poppins, where they turned Mary Poppins right, into right. a horror film. Poltergeist is nothing compared to the monsters that we find at Wayne Country Club at this fashion show. It's just brilliant. Before we start, can I just tell you? I actually have something to tell you about this week, which is exciting and kind of New Jersey appropriate. Oh, wow. Yeah, what? So basically, a friend of mine, she went on a date with a gentleman who, I'll spare you the details, was not very pleasant to her. And I was talking to her about it the next day. And she said, I'm going to not let on that I'm upset. I'm going to invite him out to a bar and I'm going to confront him about this. Oh, wow. And I was like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Terry she, Danielle. And she was like, this is a bit of a risky situation here. So I might need some backup in case things go awry. And unfortunately for her, she doesn't know any straight men. So I was like the biggest muscle <laughs> that she could find. And let me tell you, Ellie, I stepped up to the play. I went full Danny Provenzano cosplay. I was... I took it very seriously, this role. So Stop. I... It was really exciting. So we had to... It was, first of all, we 
try to pick the right venue so that this guy couldn't have an easy escape. And it was busy enough, but also not too loud because she wanted to record this Hang on, sorry. What did he do? Because it sounds like you guys were planning to kill him. I feel like I can't say, but it was like, it was like obviously not like so bad that... Well, obviously not too bad because you were called in as backup. So it had to be something where you could look scary, <laughs> but not pretty, actually again, do anything. Again, in fitting with Danielle, it was actually very low stakes, but we just took it incredibly seriously. Also, like, oh I don't... God. I'm also... I don't don't have a job again so I have a lot of time on my hands so I kind of like she didn't really invite me along I sort of invited myself along okay as it were but we were kind of like bopping around different bars trying to find the right place and then we kind of it was like we were two spies and we came in separately we didn't acknowledge each other I sat at a separate table and I was there and I was like yeah yeah I had like my like sleeveless t-shirt on I had my ill-fitting jeans I snorted a line of crystal meth beforehand I was like I was full method and I was ready to fuck shit up but I was pissed because there was no seat for me or anything no table so I sat behind a pillar. You weren't used. No, I wasn't used. That's the most anticlimactic story. <laughs> Much like all of, I feel That's like you I have mean. a lot in common with all of Danielle's bodyguards. Exactly. It's They're very all like, oh, like where's the action? <laughs> Just like a total anticlimactic story. They're all so pumped up. They're like, this is gonna be. Good. I was useless because she had other friends coming along, lady friends, and they ended up joining me and it was really exciting. And then as the guy eventually got up and left, they were like cheering and being like, fuck you. And I, I, I clammed up completely. I was absolutely useless. This is so intense. It was really intense, but also wow, not at all. I don't all. think there's been, there's not, there's not been enough performance element to my breakups, I don't think. I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, might have all been really low key. I know, next time you need to make up for lost time. You need to break up with someone in a bar with this elaborate sure. plan and then go for a spin around the pole and get your tits redone. I know, I thought that my recent dating experience was fairly New Jersey, but that takes the biscuit. No, no, yeah crumbs how are you doing play around with the big boys besides (laughs) besides being the muscle yeah apart from that i'm fine like the only interesting thing that's happened to me all week the only time i've left the house so yeah how about you i had my cabaret oh yeah how did it go yeah it was really good fun i was really thrilled to manage to put that picture next to luann and have a sort of spot the difference it's style i didn't wear nearly enough sparkle I feel like I'm sort of elementary, Luanne. I'm a bit like when she first dipped her toe into cabaret, but I'll get there. I'll get yeah, there. Yeah, your um, your money can't buy you class. Maybe chic say la vie, Luanne. Yeah. No, no, maybe maybe girl code. I feel like we're at girl code, Luanne, by this point. You're no stranger yeah, to I the cabaret I've... world at this point. Exactly. So I was doing my show at a venue called The Crazy Cox, and I was saying <laughs> at the beginning of the show how aware I'd been that whenever I mentioned to anyone who doesn't know the venue that that's where my next show was. It sounded like I was doing like a Sonia Morgan, like cabalesque, right. erotic. I may not be bad, but I'm a woman. So I was thinking maybe the next one. It does sound a bit like, okay, that's great. But where is the venue? Crazy Cox. Cool. Thanks, Sonia. But don't, don't want to hear about your dating life. Where's the venue? Oh, so that took up quite a lot of my week. But I'm excited to... Where did we leave off? We left off on the precipice because, because of the past fashion show. We must time. Yes, this, I promise. Yeah. Right. So shall we just dive okay, in? Okay, finally. I absolutely want to dive in. And I was hoping that we could begin... Uh, <laughs> yes. With... With Kim D saying the phrase, 
Lest I heard the big D is coming. <laughs> big, I know, yeah. <laughs> and who is that, Kim? <laughs> big D. Again, I don't want to hear about your crazy cocks. Just like, <laughs> is Danielle coming or not? <laughs> big D. Also, I'm like, Danielle would love to be the big D. Like, don't give her the credit. Like, they're giving her so much status. I was myself a big D in the 80s, although it was more <laughs> burlesque D. Back in those days. I have heard that the Manzos have been calling me the Big D. The Big D. Is that a threat? Is that D for dead? Is that dead? a threat? Is that... The Big D ceased? Is that what D- they're saying? Hmm? Oh. No, I don't think so. <laughs> God. Oh. Uh, um. uh, so, yes, my opening statement came from when um, Kim D calls Danielle to ask her to please come. And and in a very Ramona style apology oh, is like oh I see yes, yes just yes, does yes, this yes. very long apology and I just really enjoy it when she says uh, and if I've done anything I will not do anymore <laughs> <laughs> what I did no more of it there'll be no more of any diddings I did <laughs> I will do no more also well I think that coupled with the fact that the posh fashion show is going to be taking at North Jersey Country Club which happens to be in Wayne sort of assuages Danielle's nobody concerns. exactly nobody is going to come for me. Nobody would touch your hair on my head. In my hometown. This is my turf. Because geographically, that is how it works. It like, is. If anyone comes to Hounslow to see me, they <laughs> cannot touch me, James. It's like a turf war, you know. It's like definitely the lines have been drawn in the sand here. And it's what I love about this show, Jersey in particular, how it often gives you such an esoteric insight into these darkest corners of a random state in America. Yeah. It's like, if I'm ever driving through Jersey now, if I'm in Wayne, I know that Danielle's safe if she's there. Yeah, exactly. But God help her. If she sets foot in Franklin Lakes, then Woo! she's in trouble. So she's good. feeling good because she's like, we're in my town. Yep. N- nothing could possibly go wrong. She's gone for a swing on the pole. She's got a sexy back. She's feeling good. She's ready to go. And so Kim D has invited Jacqueline and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Kim D... It's just the snakiest of the snakiest in terms of... Because she's not even, like, subtle about it. She's not even doing the Kim G thing of being like, I like both of you. Right. Kim D is just there, just, like, dragging Danielle. Whenever she sees Tris and Jacqueline being like, she's a customer, what am I going to... Okay, my Kim D is really bad. I I just can't be bothered. But no, you can do it. You, that was good. You're on the way. <laughs> but she's just entirely, like, two-faced. There's no... Right. She's just in it for being on TV. She's the worst. She's also, she comes across like a shit businesswoman. I say what you will about Danielle. She is ostensibly, I mean, apparently she's not a paying customer, but if you're, (laughs) if you want her to come to your business party that much, you can't then sit herself there and then make a point of physically taking aside, aligning yourself with that side of the room with Teresa and Jacqueline. And then she starts bollocking on about how like, I'm not going to talk to Danielle. If she says hello to me, I'll say hello to her. That's it. To the point where Jacqueline, the one who actually has deep rooted issues with Danielle, has to remind Kim that Danielle is a regular client of hers and should probably be treated as such at such an event that's such an event Kim D is just she's so bad at the show and but also so good I mean so good obviously because she's mad but she has also asked Jacqueline's daughter Ashley for some unknown reason to walk in the show Ashley we didn't really touch on the whole Ashley and Jacqueline thing last time and I'm not sure that there's much I want to say about it but you know like everyone else Ashley drives me mad 
she's just the worst (laughs) she sucks (laughs) she sucks it's as simple as that she's not even like fun dreadful she's just dreadful yeah and so ungrateful and just like ashley is like the closest i cut every time that they're a bit like you need to just like calm down on Ashley with the I'm like, yes. Like <laughs> It is funny though. I mean, I feel like we may explore this a bit more when we talk about season three because things really come to a head then, but it does make me laugh. I do think sometimes, like, don't get me wrong. J- Ashley is dreadful, but I do sometimes feel like Jacqueline trolls her. You know, like the bit when they're having the poker party and Ashley comes in and Jacqueline's like, you look like, great grandma grace or someone and apparently someone who was like 300 pounds or something and then she's like (laughs) doesn't understand why ashley would be a little bit upset with that and then somehow manages to turn it around and ends up kicking her out of the house it's kind of it's it's funny the way that jacqueline does just sort of rile ashley up i feel like she does sort of know what she's doing but i think ashley is just so triggering for us and our generation because she takes me back to she's just so 2009 2010 it's like she's Mm. come out of a time capsule she's all like baggy sweatpants and those fucking beanies that she wears in every shade of like mustard (laughs) and just like the most muted (laughs) grimy colors and of the rainbow just like shuffling about in uggs yeah just like like, foundation over her lips and it's just very triggering just like oh i'm so hungover for some reason, she, I know, and her boyfriend as well looks like everyone's first boyfriend. It's really yes. weird. It's like he's just like interchangeable with all of our first boyfriends. And the fact that he works at Blockbuster, he just, again, Literally, also feels like, like, like a fossil from another time. He's like a cardboard cutout. And her, just... his mum, I mean, lest we forget that amazing scene where her. Jacqueline comes to basically get wasted with his mum. She's like a Kristen Wiig character or something. Yeah, yeah. The whole exactly. family, I love it. Anyway. So Ashley's been asked to model... Basically, Kim D has been asked by the producers to make Danielle as mad as possible. So yes. it's like, just do everything to piss Danielle off. Anyway, so that's the setup. So Kim G goes to pick Danielle up and struts out of her car in a little shimmery black dress. Actually, looks great. She looks fucking... Yeah, she looks... Yeah, it's a good dress, actually. I think it's a step up from her Compared brownstone to the, dress. The her brownstone, brownstone was a bit exactly. more mumsy, a bit more uptight and formal. But this is... She's but they've, like, zhuzhed up her head. She looks... Fab. She's got great pins as well. They're out. She knows her assets. Totally. And Danielle is dressed like she's going to a meeting with her lawyers and her ex about custody agreements. She's dressed so she's going to a settlement. (laughs) A reading of a settlement or something. I actually think she hits the tone quite well. I think she looks quite chic in a sense of... I'm not here to have fun. It's, this is business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is strictly business. Mm. Can we talk about the weird moment where... <laughs> yes. When it's right at the end of Kim picking Danielle up. And what begins as like a play fight oh, between yes, the two of them, <laughs> like their two little girls, suddenly <laughs> takes this really weird sexual turn. It does. And becomes like foreplay. She's like, it goes from being like, to being a bit like, yeah, she's like, like don't tell me to shut up. I'll tell, I'll shut you up. And they're like shaking their breasts at each other. And it doesn't help that the scene just like cuts really suddenly. So abruptly. Where it's like, have they started having sex? And like, they just start stripping off. And then like, all the cameramen, they just like slowly put the equipment down and like, Back out of the room really slowly. 
And they like wait for 10 minutes and then like Kim G comes back out and like her hair's all a mess and she's like, oh, and then gets in the car. Thank you, Harry. And then they're like, what just oh, happened? God. God. So funny. <laughs> oh. oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, I'm so glad you noticed that as well. Very strange. So, so Dan- off they trot. So off they trot. They're with Harry, the driver, who I love. He's a real star turn and he handles the whole um, Teresa debacle totally. like a pro. But then instead of Danny Provenzano, who's taking a time out for calling Chris Manzo a faggot, Danielle gets a handout from the car from this new bodyguard, this nameless, faceless, useless mannequin of a man that we soon find out he's completely useless so they walk into the fashion show like a quartet like a quartet like we're off to see the wizard (laughs) like (laughs) they're doing like lions and tanks and beds oh my (laughs) who would be who wherever we go whatever we do wherever we go whatever we do Well, Danielle would obviously be Dorothea, then Kim G, I guess, would be like the cowardly lion. Yeah, she's cowardly, and yeah. The bodyguard needs a brain. Needs a brain. Yeah. And then, who's the fourth? Harry. Oh, well, he can be the tin man. Doesn't have yeah. a heart, yeah. but like... Fucking heartless. Maybe it's he's unemotional. Yes, yes. All right. It's perfect. Let's okay, do it. Let's do it. So then we get a talking head from Danielle, where she goes... When I walked into the fashion show, I knew everybody there. She's like, and I felt, I felt so, so much warmth, such warmth. And then, obviously, just cuts to a handful of women being like, "Hey, hi, hi, Danielle." She's so Trumpian. Me it's or just ridiculous. her manner. Her, no, Danielle. But, it's okay, a very yeah. Trump thing to just be like, I'm here tonight, there's so much warmth. I'm feeling so yeah. much warmth. There's so many people. So everybody was there. Everybody looked, yeah. Can we talk quickly about just because whilst they're all kind of milling around saying the hellos before the fashion show starts, yeah. Kim D's hair looks so like the back of a skunk. I No, the back of her yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, no. Hang it's, on. It, she doesn't look like the back of a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> the back of her the back of her hair looks like a bloody skunk's asshole. looks like a skunk bloody stupid <laughs> bloody stupid thing to say really <laughs> uh, um, no but she does you're right yes I, I agree. her hair the back of her hair looks like a skunk was all I was trying to say and it's like sticking up it's got a life of its own I don't know what I was thinking I remember when I first watched this show I remember thinking, Kim D's hair looks really chic. And then as it as she gets on throughout the show, you know, she gets like their extensions in. I remember thinking she looks worse and worse and worse. And I remember thinking, if only she just kept that look from the, the <laughs> that chic show. skunk look. <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? I was shocked. Oh. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of iconic looks actually at this fashion show. Obviously, oh, Teresa's do. got the infamous chinchilla, the chinchilla on, and Jacqueline's yeah. got the kind of mini version. Yeah. And also, can we just quickly talk about the amount of bronzer that every girl walking the fashion show is wearing? It's like they ran out of bronzer in New Jersey after that night. No, talking about the girls going down the runway, I was like, she looks just like Snooky. Ha ha ha. I was like, that's an easy. And then I was like, but then, but no, seriously though, is it all Snooky? Like they all look exactly the like, same. It, exactly. It's, again, it's all quite triggering. It's very, when we were younger, it's like the heavy bronzer, the foundation over the lips, the over-straightened hair, and also the clothes are all absolutely rank. It's disgusting. <laughs> I was going to, I was trying to Not think. Not one of them looks new. Like, no. they all just look like their clothes. And one of my favourite bits is when Teresa keeps being like, I love that jacket. I want that jacket. <laughs> the girl's just like holding it in her hand. I'm like, you can't see the jacket. And also, it looks like the most boring black, like crepe, crepe, 
It's the most boring pancake jacket you ever did see. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's edible, sure, it's but not practical. Crap. And but yeah, it's oh like one of those God. blazers, and then they like turn up the, they cuff the sleeve to reveal the lining and think it's really chic. It's just the shittest clothes, and it's weird. Ashley is wearing this like hideous not hideous but this like awful dark green dress but then what's weird is afterwards at the dinner Ashley's wearing like a really lovely strapless black dress oh yeah like, yeah of course cool. oh, yeah, is that, that from Bosch or is that just yeah, yours yeah because you've looked better post show I always find it mind-boggling how close these women are to Manhattan they're like a 45 minute drive away to New York City yet they're so behind the times NYC but it's like it's a subclimate where they're just like time goes slower and they're 10 years behind totally did you ever do one of those fashion shows at school I don't think so I feel like they happened occasionally but I don't I don't feel like I ever walked in one I did it was the biggest deal. I bet ever. you did. Yeah, it was. I felt like the bell of the ball. And I did. I had hair, actually, because they had special hairstylists come in. Do you mean I had hair? Of course you had hair. <laughs> so, no, I, I got so excited with remembering my hairdo. Um, I got my words wrong. But we had I hair. I had hair. <laughs> I have alopecia now, but back in the day, <laughs> I was beautiful then. <laughs> um no, I had I had a great hairdo then. Well, I thought it was great, but we had these hairstylists come in. We found out very quickly that they were students and the hairdos and the makeup they were doing were not dissimilar to... Do you remember that mad makeup class that Caroline goes to when she goes to visit Lauren? Yes. And she's like, it's avant-garde week. And it's like, <laughs> one of them's in blackface. One of them oh looks like a China doll with like a crack down its face. It's just like the shittest yes. looks. It's like so GCSE art. We basically all ended up looking like that. And I had a hairdo that was not dissimilar to Kim D. Skunk-esque. It was very skunk in the back. Yeah. Skunk in the back. Yeah. <laughs> skunk in the back, party in the front. Oh. So the, the, the gals are walking. The gals are walking. Danielle is pissed with a capital p with a capital p because kim d's table is directly opposite her and she's invited Teresa and jacqueline to sit next to her and danielle decides in that moment that kim d is dead and she goes she will be revealed tonight it's very last supper she's it's such it's, 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 very, so, it's last... so biblical she will be revealed because <laughs> she she then goes on to say a real friend of mine would never go sit and break bread with the likes of those women and it's like she's outdoing herself. She has such a knack for a lofty turn of phrase. And it goes beyond totally. like Greek tragedy. It's That's child's play to Danielle. She's now referencing the Eucharist in reference to someone like <laughs> Teresa <laughs> Judice. She's elevated it to this divine level. And she's talking about Teresa. Like, I... I I think that bears repeating. I can't think of a more high-low combination in my life. It is, but also just like the high-lowness of like the her lofty turns of phrase and then the fact that her next talking head when she, she is pretending to be on the phone. Oh my God, yeah. And she's like, Paris Hilton taught me that. Pretend to talk on the phone. People really, hate it. Really pisses people off. Really pisses people off. Mm. Piss people off. Yeah, that like high low clash. And I just love when Kim G is like, um, you know, is being like, I don't want you to look bad. And then when she's like, that's the point. It's a diss. It's a diss. It's a diss. And it will be noted. 
And every time someone's walking along the, the runway and everyone's clapping and she's like, I will not clap for them. I really enjoy that, like, in her head, being on the phone is giving her high status. But when you watch her, what she's actually doing quite often is being like, hello, what? What? Because she's having to, like, pretend to be on the phone. So all it, all it looks like is that she has really bad signal with the person she's talking to or whatever. It's not, it doesn't make her look, like, busy or important. It makes her. But also, like, it just makes her look like all of our mums when they try and like call us while right. on the motorway. And the home screen is clearly illuminated the whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. just like painfully obvious <laughs> that she's not talking to anyone. She might as well just like have the phone back to front or upside down or something. It would be the same. Yeah, thing. yeah. Just use a banana instead. Hello, Dina. I can. Do you know who? <laughs> this is pretending to be on the phone during a pa- during a fashion show. Is. It belongs to the same family of trolling as the like the whole pretending not to know people's names on the phone. It's so it's so childish and petty and stupid, but it's also weirdly effective at like getting the job but done. Also her her that talking head about Paris Hilton is so iconic because she's so into her own behaviour. It's like that whole thing when she's like, mm, pretend to talk on the phone. We piss people off. Yeah. Like she's like, I am winning. I am winning. It's the way she says it. And the fact that the way I mean obviously I know what she means, but her saying, Paris Hilton taught me that. It's the it doesn't feel dissimilar to Kelly Bensmoan going, Remember my friend Gwyneth? <laughs> what you did to my friend Gwen? Who? Paltrow. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. As if her and Paris are bestie. (laughs) Oh, Um, exactly. My friend Paris. And then when Ashley starts walking the runway, Danielle just goes, Coco. Coco. Danielle. (laughs) I have to say, Ashley's shoes look like they have been tampered with by Danielle. They, oh. the heels are practically bent horizontal they you know how beforehand she's like i'm probably gonna fall or whatever i worry for her because i, I looked yeah. at those shoes and i was like it looks like the heel's gonna give way and i genuinely it feels like either kim d put her in faulty shoes because she was like this will make great drama because she loves the chaos yep or a la kind of tonya harding or something danielle yeah, yeah. was there beforehand just like bashing the loosening with, it I mean, with a yeah yeah yeah, yeah. any number Cold of people war. could have done it it's it feels a bit cluedo all of a sudden you know totally <laughs> there's many oh, suspects what i wouldn't give for a yeah. real housewife murder mystery <laughs> so good we have to do we have to combine your two loves ellie because i've never been to one yeah, of your exactly. murder mystery parties and if i'm coming i'm Ooh. going in full Ooh. kimji drag yeah, but for some reason, this, the fact that Ashley's modeling some cheap tat from this two bit fashion show is the straw that breaks the camel's back. And it's the final mm. missing piece of the puzzle that confirms to Danielle that this <laughs> event is one big elaborate ruse that's been designed purely to clown Danielle and embarrass her because they haven't invited Christine, who's actually a model, to come and take part. That's clearly what they want unprofessional. That's what they want. They wanted fat unprofessional. (laughs) I just gasped when Dave said that. I'm not not saying that as me. I'm saying that as Danielle. I wasn't saying it to a gay man. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Touche. Can we talk about the bit when Danielle goes... (laughs) She's pretending to be on the phone. Yeah. And then she suddenly goes, where is Sue? Where is Sue? Sue? Where is Sue? And then she goes, where is... And then just trails off. It's so funny. Oh, oh, there she is. Where is Sue? Where is Sue? Sue? I don't don't see Sue. 
Oh, that bit really so, makes me laugh. I also love when she when she's saying like, "My friends are right here to the other women on the table," and I kind of love to think that like she just met all the women on that table. Like, it, yes, it, it feels like they're all like, "Okay, my friends are right here." Hi, I'm Danielle. Nice to meet you. Exactly. <laughs> All you need to know is that Ashley is a co-core and that this has been one big ruse to embarrass me. A ruse, I tell you. Can we talk about the whole interaction that happens in the corridor afterwards? Are we ready uh, to move on to the... Do you have any more Do I have anything else on that? I think all I, all I had down was, um, A, that it's kind of funny that Ashley's fighting with like a middle-aged woman. It's, yes. The whole thing, I mean, as and they all keep saying, like it all has a very school vibe and it does. But it, what's funny is that Ashley is actual school age. And mm-hmm. you have to kind of keep reminding yourself that Danielle is like <laughs> in her 40s. <laughs> and then I love the bit when Danielle's saying that Ashley's being very teenage. And then she goes, <laughs> she's like, but then Jacqueline is very teenage. And then she just goes like, great parenting. <laughs> awesome. awesome. And it's like, first of all, what's your point? Because Ashley is a teenager. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't really. But also, she just claps for way too long. Mm-hmm. She like again, it's one of her talking heads where it's like, she, it's. I mean, it, obviously, it's TV gold, but it's like she thinks she's winning, but it's like, I. It's like, what are you talking about? I know. Yeah, and then Teresa, when she comments on it and a talking head, she's like, I don't like it. I felt like high school with the mean girls and the cool girls, except we were the cool girls. We were we were definitely we were the, the cool, cool girls. girls, and like somehow managing to reinforce the very thing she's meant to be denouncing about how childish and high school they're being. Classic tree. Right, let's get on to this corridor. So this corridor moment is a classic instance of me not understanding Kim Ji and what motivates her. Because during the fashion show proper, she seems quite genuinely embarrassed that she's sitting next to Danielle, who's showing off and acting like a bit yeah. of a fool. It's very easy in that moment to just see her as like a bit of an uptight country club lady who's mm-hmm. being embarrassed in front of her peers. But then in the corridor, when Teresa's hanging outside the loo's waiting for Danielle to come out, like virtually cracking her knuckles, she's so obviously trying to get into a fight with Danielle. Kim G mm. is the one preventing Danielle from walking away. And she's trying to like lure her back in and she's instigating what is at the very least a discussion with Teresa. But Kim G's not dumb. Like she either, must know. Well, I was going to say either Kim G is really dumb and her whole thing is like, oh, Teresa's just trying to talk to you where it's like, because Teresa, and she constantly does that thing of being like, because you know me, I'm like the sweetest person. I'm the sweetest person. Like, person. Like, oh, yeah. God. Shut up. <laughs> She's the worst. Yeah. So either Kim G's really dumb or they do all kind of corral Danielle into, like, it's not great. And... I think the fact that Kim's doing it with a massive grin on her face, it's the same grin she has uh, when she crashes the Gorgo's Christmas party, which makes me... Th- she's like almost getting a sexual charge it. from it. Yeah. She, and I don't think she's savvy enough to do it from like a good TV perspective. I think it just comes purely from like a base animalistic manic thrill. Yeah. And... Oh my God, I can't wait to talk about that. It's so good. And when she brings that, the lawyer's wife, it's just so... These, these, Where do they find these supporting characters? They just keep coming. But this back and forth that happens between Teresa and Danielle. Ooh, I'm getting... Thank you. God, table service. Thank you, Michael. James has just been delivered a, a takeaway coffee f- from his gorgeous husband. Um, thank you, <laughs> Harry. Like, gah, gah, gah. <laughs> Out. What did I say? I'll deal with you later. <laughs> 
So this thing that happens between Teresa and Danielle, it just made me kind of think about their enmity because obviously Danielle hates all of her castmates, but at least with the other ones, it's quite easy to categorize each of them. They all have a specificity to it. So with Jacqueline, it's all like betrayal and hurt feelings. With Dina, it's very obviously jealousy. And Caroline is just this big vessel upon which Danielle can like project all of her neuroses and her fears. But with Teresa, it's like weirdly impersonal. I don't know if we've ever seen a housewife's fight or a rivalry that is both incredibly intense and rage-filled, but also completely nondescript at the same time. You're so right that because when Teresa flipped that table, it's so unclear what prompted her to do it. And yeah. it was so unnecessary Yeah, in a way. Like, and I just will never get over that. Engaged 19 times. <laughs> uh, it's so ludicrous. And like you say, it's so impersonal. It's like, why does it affect you, Teresa, if she was engaged 19 times? Yeah. Like, and this is such a similar thing where it's like they seem to be aware. It feels to me like Teresa's aware that her explosiveness makes very good television. Mm-hmm. And it's like putting two kind of raging bulls in a ring together, but there's no personal beef. There's no, it's like a boxing match where it's purely there for entertainment because they haven't actually had a storyline about disliking each other. No, yeah. It just seems to come completely out of nowhere. I guess this time with that comment about foreclosure. Yeah. For the first time, Danielle's really hit on a on a nerve with Teresa. It's prophetic. It sort of sets the wheels in motion for Teresa's like 10 year demise that we're about to enjoy on the rest of the show. We never really get an inkling before that, that Teresa's in financial trouble and her explosive reaction kind of belies that there might be some truth to it. I so look forward in later episodes to talking about, well, I mean, I do and I don't because it will drive me mad, but Teresa's explosive defensiveness and her total lack of self-awareness that allows her to be like, because you know, I'm like the sweetest person. Yeah. And like the way that she has no accountability, but then she's like, you know, I don't hold a grudge. And then it's like oh the biggest scratch holder of anyone I've ever seen. I'd, and like, or like constantly brings up the past and is like, no, but she did this like three years ago or whatever. But then when anyone talks about something from yesterday, it's like, why are you bringing up the past yeah, again? It's and it's just maddening. Like, it's so maddening. It's just, just, just the worst person. I'd love the phrasing yeah. of this line. If I may, I want to get a bit sort of textual analysis with this because I feel like we haven't... <laughs> This is one of those moments I think we can really pick apart. So it just bears repeating. Danielle has such a way with words. I don't know if it's purposeful or not, but it's just so grand when she says, I saw the house you lived in, Teresa, before you moved into the mansion and it's in foreclosure. (laughs) The greatest writers in the history of the English language couldn't get together and write a line as good as this. There's a lyricism to it that makes it sound as if it's verse thematically it's touching on so many issues it's talking about like greed and hubris and man's fallibility and it's 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 like a a comment on the american dream in some way and even the construct of the sentence and you look at the nouns and it goes from the house that Teresa lived in to the mansion that she built to the foreclosure that she currently finds herself in it's like an epic odyssey in one sentence and it's so specific like it's a genius line and it's all delivered through this thick jersey accent which is just the cherry on the cake it's also it's another great example in housewives in like the housewives canon of the tombra voice 
being like the musicality <laughs> being totally at odds. So the way that you have the like, I saw the house you lived yeah. in with from Danielle. Right. It's like booming foghorn coming out. And then Teresa's like, it's not in foghorn. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Like We're going like up into like all the Alsatians in the nearby neighborhood. And like, oh. It's very, please don't let it be about time. It's about time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like exactly. That, yeah. I'm like, we like jump the octave. Yeah. No, no, it's not in foreclosure. It's not in foreclosure. <laughs> I love how quickly Teresa turns that bit when she's like, well, honey, I didn't. And then when she goes, don't call me, honey. And then she goes, well, how about bitch? That better? <laughs> well, this is some good like, editing because I always remember sorry, it being. That was, that was like a cartoon. Ga- that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible line reading. Take it from that. the top. How about bitch? You like it better if I call you bitch? That was better. I think the editors help her out a bit there, though, because I always, whenever they flash back to it, it's always, listen, honey, don't call me honey. How about bitch? Is bitch better? That's how they always play it back. But then the first time you watch the scene, it's a lot more garbled than that. She's like, don't call me honey. And then Teresa's like, well, I'm not going to I'm not gonna call you honey if you don't like it. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm going to call you bitch. Is bitch better? <laughs> so, okay, we got there in the end. Well done, Teresa. Oh, I don't want to call you honey. I don't want to do that. Oh, oh I don't want to. Because I'm like the sweetest person. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so... Can we talk about when Teresa chases Danielle through the country club? Yeah, so what's the tipping point? This foreclosure comment. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this foreclosure. <laughs> <laughs> that is the weirdest thing. Did you think I'd frozen? Well, I did. And then I, I was like, no, she hasn't. Has she? She has. No. Has she? James and I both literally just stopped and just <laughs> stared at each other in silence. Didn't move a muscle. Partly because I didn't That's really want to, I didn't want to pick up the slack so and set the scene. I was like, Ellie can do it. No, I want you to do <laughs> oh. it. I just want to remember, I can't quite remember how it goes from the, it's not in foreclosure, to like running. This is the, I mean, it's really hard to tell just because it does happen so quickly and there's so many layers I know, layers it's like the table people. flip. I know, yeah. I know, yeah. Um, but it was the, forecl- the foreclosure comment is the lighting of the match, if you will. And then... How I remember it is Jacqueline then crosses across Teresa to get in Danielle's face and says, don't say that her house is in in foreclosure. Meanwhile, Kim Ji goes over to Teresa and pushes her back into her chair. And then Teresa gets back up and kind of pushes Kim Ji away. It's honestly like a football replay or something like you could slow it down as much as possible and you'd like draw loads of arrows about where everyone's going yeah it's like defense and offense and all of that business and then yeah. eventually the 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 bodyguard the useless bodyguard takes danielle danielle's i think leading the way the bodyguard's behind her and she goes through the dining room where the fashion show is out through another corridor out towards the the exit of the building but meanwhile, the bodyguard's sort of like grabbing hold of of Danielle, so sort of slowing her down in some way. So Teresa is making quite huge gains. It's really impressive. She's she's given birth like five minutes ago, and she's in her chinchilla and her heels, and she's like pacing, like her babadook is out. She's out for blood. And I love when Teresa, whenever she refers to this, and there's times where she was like, "I just wanted to talk." Like I was, I, just, I, just, I, I just wanted to talk to the bitch. I just, if I, I got there, I would have just been like, "No, tell me how my house is in foreclosure." I just, I want to talk because <laughs> I'm like the sweetest the person. person. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Um, can we talk about the fact that Danielle, as she's running, also, I'm imagining everyone's seen this scene who's listening, but I don't think. 
just then, the way we painted it, in case anyone hasn't, they are like tearing through this country club and there's like smash sound effects happening. Everyone's like screaming. It looks like the Titanic sinking. Oh my God. Everyone's like barreling out the way, people falling over, like... Um, it's like a sea of mink coats and chinchilla. And- my favorite detail is that like Danielle's heels break yeah. on her boots. I really like to think that they're from Posh and that same as Ashley's shoes. Just like all of these shoes are just like falling apart. It. It's or like, it's karma for her. Shoes, but shoes shouldn't break. Like that's a detail that I find really odd where she's like, my heels broken on my shoe. When like that shouldn't happen from like running through like... That's weird. Buy your shoes somewhere else. But when she brandishes her hair, that I know we're skipping ahead, we'll come back to it. But when she's brandishing the hair that Ashley supposedly ripped out of her head, it's a lot. And from what we see, it doesn't look like Ashley pulled her hair that hard. There's just a lot of stuff happens that seems to sort of defy human Maybe go to a new hairdresser yeah, and, there's a, and a new boot shop. It feels a bit like... I don't know. Like, Not to victim blame. It feels like, a bit like Dorian Gray or something. Like her time has come and she's like withering away. <laughs> like midnight. bits of her just falling Everything's off. Everything's like yeah. falling apart. Yeah. That, that's the only thing I can think of. Or like the end of death becomes her. And she's just like this husk of a form of <sighs> oh. but Yeah. No, these supporting characters are amazing. The, the, the supporting characters are what makes the scene work. Because if it was just Danielle being chased by Teresa, that's great enough. But these women in the country club, it's really their time to shine. They're putting in A-plus work. It looks like one of Ramona's parties, but times 10. Like, I'm genuinely shocked that Liza Minnelli lookalike woman isn't there. (laughs) And then it's just, as you say, it's just this cacophony of sound and crashing plates and people going, Teresa, no! And it looks... It looks like something from Saving Private Ryan at one point. There's just these like middle-aged <laughs> women lying on the floor, being carried out on stretches. There's one woman just like wandering around, holding her own severed arm in shock. And she's like, ah. <laughs> and then obviously the best performer out of all of them is that woman, you know, the one I'm talking about where the camera rushes by her and it gets a really up close shot of her. And she goes, this is such fucking bullshit. <laughs> We are all that woman. <laughs> I know. And then Jacqueline's doing great work. She's like trailing the pack, but then she's yelling at her. Like, I read your court records, Danielle. You beat somebody with a nine millimeter pistol. And that needs to be one of those um, milk and don't call me honey Instagram posts. Like the rupee car yeah. poem. <laughs> it's just like very dark content, but sounds so melodious as well. Again, just the way totally. she says it. Oh, and then when, you, when they're all outside and then the camera's... Are looking back into the country club like you said, it's like the titanic or like a fire's broken out it's just this sea of bobbing blonde yeah, plastic yeah. heads and they're all trying to escape <laughs> and they want a bit of the danielle action it's absolute oh, carnage and danielle's just like hiding in a bush <laughs> get me out of here oh my god and then this body god he's crap he just lets ashley of all people gone. slip by pull her hair have a yank who do you think you are who do you think you are? Love Don't touch my mom. Love bitch. and light, bitch. Who do you think you are? And then Danielle does a Whitney Houston and just leaps into the arms of this rubbish. Honestly, guard. it's incredible. He's like chugging away yeah. through the thing, and she's like, "Get me out of here! Get me out of here!" And then it all suddenly gets a bit panto because Dan, because Teresa's still stalking them, and Danielle's like, "She's behind you." <laughs> She's behind you. Oh, God. It is so, oh. so epic. And we will never know. I mean, 
Do you remember when Danielle brings her wig, the weave, to the reunion? On a head. And on a head. <laughs> and to, to prove her point, to get yeah. Andy Cohen to pull it. And he's like, you literally can't pull this. Like, I, it almost like backfires on her. Because rather than him being like, wow, that was a hard pull. He's just like, I feel like this doesn't show whether you, like, this yeah. test doesn't work. Because yeah. I literally can't pull it out. Yeah. And you're right. It doesn't but- look... I don't know why I'm pulling my own hair as if I'm going to be able to prove my point, but oh, quite a lot came out, actually. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I should oh, get that Yeah, get out. that checked out. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> not so happy about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe my time is up. So, I think yeah, she's this... in the car, like, holding up her kind of strands of hair and screaming. And... and then she's demanding that the police are on the phone. And you just get the impression this is a common occurrence with Danielle. Like, the, you can hear <laughs> well, the voice. Because the police, yeah, the police are literally she's like, like, oh, yeah. hi, ma'am, it's you again. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll send them over. You can just get the impression she's on a first name terms, on first name terms with them. Um, yeah. And the way that Teresa acts when the police are here is very, like, it just feels very mafia where it's just deny, deny, deny everything. Yeah, yeah. And she's like really winding this police officer up. He's like, can I talk to you, ma'am? And she's like, for what? And he's like, for the incident that just happened. What incident? You know what happened? I, I don't know nothing. Can I see your ID, please? Why? Why? For the incident. What incident? Like, and then she's like, well, you should look at her. I did. Because she's the bitch. I just want to. I don't know. Oh, God. I <laughs> Yeah, and then there's that amazing bit where Jacqueline's just like <laughs> doing the biggest psych out ever. It's just like yeah. standing six meters away from the car, yeah. like the fucking ghost of Danielle's <laughs> car. Just like, mm. <laughs> just like lifting a finger, and she's like, "Don't let her near me!" And <laughs> get her away! Get her away from the car! I want to go home! I want to go home! Oh, <sighs> it's so, like Danielle's wet dream. What happens? I know that's awful yeah. because it's probably been quite traumatic. But she's just like, like you say, the moment where the bodyguard lifts her up. It's just everything she's been sort of hoping for. And Caroline's completely right when she when Caroline calls a summit the next day in her kitchen, and she's like, "You gave her exactly what you want, what she wanted on exactly. a silver platter." Like the the best that could have happened would have been it was a totally uneventful yeah evening. And um, it's given- I just want to run down. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Carry on. Well, it's just what it's done now is that Danielle. We've we've said from the beginning she's like made up of one percent water, ninety nine percent paranoia. Mm-hmm. Her fear counter to actual danger is so way off. But because of this now, because it's given her something of actual physical danger, it's just allowed her to up the stakes even more. For sure. Where it's gone from like a vague sense of dread to like, I genuinely believe that the Manzos are going to kill me. And if I don't have a bodyguard with me all the time, she starts babbling on at one point in one of the talking heads. She's like... I think she's on, or she's on the phone to her energist and she's like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I go to the bathroom without my bodyguard and suddenly the door locks and, and I'm trapped. And it's like, what, you think Caroline's going to crawl through the window and smother you like in the toilet? Like The idea of her going to the loo and Caroline's kind of just like sneaking <laughs> off into the camera shot and just like sliding the bolt out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so I just want to chat about a couple more things from season two before we wrap season two up. One is, so I really enjoy, um, everyone goes on this holiday to Italy, which mm-hmm. is fairly boring and uneventful. 
But my favourite thing to happen whilst they're away is it's like Danielle sort of is able to like, it's like the spring returning. Danielle's able to like pop her head out of the hole and be like, they've gone. Right, yeah. and Danny's like, yeah, they've gone. And she's like, I could have my panini. Yeah, they got off a panini. <laughs> a panini. <laughs> and she's like, yay, I get my panini. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like the happiest we ever see her. The one thing I will say just about that trip, because you're right, there's not that much eventful that happens, but just setting the scene for season three, I think you really see, it's so stressful to watch that whole business where Caroline and Albert have been roped into looking after the girls on that cruise ship. Oh my God. And you really get the impression Caroline is completely over it. I have no doubt that Teresa and Joe are a nightmare to go on holiday with. I mean, we've all had that. Like people, you really find out about a person when you go on holiday with them. Funnily enough, we're actually discussing going on holiday <laughs> together. I think for the first time ever. So I'll be bringing my four children. Right, great, so. thanks. <laughs> so you just kind of see, yeah, yeah. that's like the very first time Caroline's just not looked at, Teresa in completely effusive terms you know she's I think mm. she's kind of their kids are also just like fucking nightmare I hate so. I know some people yeah. think the whole like Melania thing is cute I actually find it really I just think she's a brat no I'm she's sorry. just a brat can we talk but about yeah, very little happens on that trip can yeah. we talk about when Danielle talk about Danielle's breasts oh I want to talk about okay sure we'll talk about Danielle's breasts yeah okay <laughs> This is a crucial part of the the genius of this season is that Danielle is giving us a season-long mental breakdown in tandem with that season arc. She's also checking in with us every day, every episode, showing up to work, giving us these little gems of mini storylines each episode. We get her leaked sex tapes. We get her going to the strip club. We get her trying to look for her biological mother. And now we get her getting her tits done. And it's like, considering like Lisa Vanderpump, don't get me wrong, I like her and I think she's a good housewife. Her storylines have been renovating her kitchen for a whole season. Yeah, Danielle gives a lot. Like Danielle could have sat back and dined off of the posh fashion show, but she doesn't. She keeps it coming. She spoils us with it because she's great. It's like if Erica this season, suddenly in the middle of all the Tom drama was like, I'm going to take up water skiing. (laughs) like For like no reason whatsoever. It was like, I'm going to go back to Jersey and visit the old strip club that I worked at and then we just like had a fun yeah. episode of that it's so good so basically we find out that Danielle there's something off with her her breasts so she goes to Wayne Surgical Center and already you know it's going to be good because there's like a shot of it in the dark and it's like a light up sign but literally two-thirds of the lights are out <laughs> it's almost like the lights that are on it somehow spells like doom or something like that it's like, oh I don't think she could be going in there Danielle And then she basically tells us that her breasts, she had like a funky boob job back in the 80s and they're cold, they're hard, they can't regulate body temperature, they're numb. It's it's like they're getting gangrenous or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then she gives us a talking head and she goes, I want to be very clear that this is not for aesthetic reasons. And it's like, first of all, Danielle, you don't need to justify yourself to us, hon. Like you get whatever work you want done. Second of all, we know you like plastic surgery. Like, it's fine. You had a Botox party at yours, whatever. <laughs> also, they kind of are for, for aesthetic reasons if they're square, as Kim G alleges. But also, if they're freezing cold and constantly numb, <laughs> I think that's a health issue. You can get it. You don't need to justify yourself. It's fine. Oh. And then we get this just the way these surgeons are so... <laughs> so unprofessional. It's like they don't know that cameras are there. When they're operating on her, they're like, there's two of them and they're going... Oh, this is bad. 
oh, this is the worst I've ever seen. This is the worst. They, they, they cannot believe their eyes. So we don't get to see because they've been blurred out. But it's like they're virtually like vomiting. They're like, oh, oh. Every, everyone oh. has such strong reactions to, yeah. to Danielle's. Like when she first takes the like surgical robe off to show him and she has this sort of quiet dignity of a woman yes. that knows she has like this hideous deformity. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, I think we've seen, don't they look fun? And the guy's a bit like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like it's- that... And he's like, well, clearly there's a problem. And I'm like, my God, what's like, what wrong with that What is wrong with them? I, I don't know. We need to see. Is it's... there just like a face on I the know, side of one of them? I don't like... She's just like growing a little oh. kimchi on the side underneath. She lifts up. <laughs> Hi. You want to get lunch? <laughs> How's my son's best friend? What, a... <laughs> what else do you want to talk about from season um, two? It just made me laugh about her tits, though, because I like to think that she like... It's like a bionic woman spin-off and like she gets her new tits, but she gets like machine guns or lasers put in. For sure. And then she like goes around driving around North Jersey at night and she like takes out each of the Manzo siblings one by one with her bionic tits. And then like Caroline's the last one that she has it out with. But the one I just wanted to talk about the scene where they go to the courthouse because after we talked about spicy edits last week, this was like a great example of that. So Danielle goes to meet with her lawyers at the courthouse to charge... Ashley for pulling her hair and she's got mm-hmm. Kim G and a couple of other henchwomen there for moral support and everyone's already turned up and Danielle is the last one to show up and it's also obvious that they're not allowed to film in the courthouse so they have to like stand on the street corner outside and Danielle just strides up to them and it's dark outside as well and she just goes hey and then just starts shaking everybody's hands it's like a scene from Widows or something <laughs> like they're gonna like her and Kim G are gonna go in and rob a bank or something And then Danielle's one lawyer looks so over it from the get-go. It's like the police. And you can just tell (laughs) Danielle's pulling these schemes all the time. She's very litigious. And he's like, okay, Danielle, what is it this time? And then Danielle's kind of describing the story, but embellishing it so much. And she's like, there was a lot of vulgarity and I was in fear for my life. And the lawyer's like, okay, but like, did they say anything threatening? Like... Was there anything like, I'll get you, Danielle, anything like that? And Danielle was like, a lot of I'll get yous. A lot of I'll get yous. <laughs> and then she's like, somebody, I'm pretty sure somebody said they were going to kill me. <laughs> and then one of the henchwomen is like, there was a lot of name calling. I, I didn't, I didn't like the name calling. <laughs> oh, what does Jacqueline call them? The busted up sex in the city. Busted up sex good. in the city. It's so good. So let's talk about that. When Kim Ji goes to visit, I think that's the last thing I want to talk about. Oh, God, yeah, we haven't talked about when Danielle works out that Kim Ji is the mole. Yeah, it's like a real demise of Kim Ji. I love this little sideshow we get all season with Kim Ji. Just this comic relief we desperately need where she's always dashing over to Jacqueline's house uninvited and like lets herself in, plonks herself down on the sofa and just starts talking shit about Danielle. Like I genuinely think yeah. nine out of ten of Kim Ji's And then has the nerve as well to be like... I'm really worried because I think Jacqueline's obsessed about Danielle. I know, she's so outraged. Her flip-flopping is so blatant. It's actually quite admirable in a weird way. Yeah. And I think the very first time we get it is when Jacqueline's getting her pedicure at Chateau. Yeah, and Kim Ji won't leave her alone. And Kim Ji's just like staking out the joint. And you're like stuck as well. And it's honestly like the Jaws music is playing and she's like... And she's like walking through the parking lot. But also we've all been there when like... When you're when you're doing something where you can't leave and therefore you're like stuck talking to the person because you can't mid pedicure be like, I actually have yeah. to run. Yeah. 
So she's like got her trapped as well. And just the way she, every time, if it's Chateau or Posh or the fashion show, she's always like, hi, hi, Jacqueline. <laughs> hi, Danielle. <laughs> and you're like, shivers go down your spine. And I actually really love Jacqueline's response, how she kind of sort of sums up her friendship with her. It's kind of how, I think how I would be, where she just says, look, I know she's a snake and she's not really trustworthy, and she helped Danielle sue my daughter, but also she kind of just makes me laugh as well. I don't know. There's, I can't yeah. stay mad at her. It is what it is. So basically, yeah, the, the breakup of the Kim Ji-Danielle friendship. Well, so Danielle, like you said, there's a little side story that Danielle is looking for her biological mum, which she only told Kim Ji. Kim Ji and, and Kim Ji only. It's another great flourish of a line. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And somehow it gets back to Danielle through quite a convoluted, like her kids tell her that someone at school knew. This is what I mean with how I thought it was great the Dina Danielle initial showdown at Chateau. It was like a comment on rubbish producing when they reveal some information that's clearly been fed to them, but they say, oh, I heard it at the salon. I heard it getting my hair done. That's basically what Christine says. She says her friend, I think at her birthday party, came up to her and she was getting her eyebrows done. And her eyebrow lady told her that Teresa told her that Danielle was looking for her mum. Okay. So it's like, who's the rat? Who's the rat? Who's the rat? And Danielle we, goes... We didn't even talk about Christine's birthday party. We are sisters. We are sisters. <laughs> this is what I mean. There's so many great moments. Gillian's singing oh career. God. Like, we just can't get through yeah. it all. There's so many highlights. But Danielle is... Sorry, who's the rat? So Danielle Danielle's livid out. and she goes, this is something that evil, even the most evil of people would think is crossing the line. As if like Ted Bundy's yeah. watching at home Hitler and he's like, yeah, 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 ooh, literally. Kim G, that's, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> not the biological Not cool, bump. not nah, cool. Nah, 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 nah. Not cool, uh, not to Jacqueline. <laughs> So then Danielle... Danielle's been through enough. Danielle leaves the diner. They're always at a diner. They always look amazing. We have to go to one of these diners when we're in New York together again. Yeah. And she gets Danny on the phone. She fills Danny in on the situation. And he goes, so how are we going to handle the situation? And he was like convinced. I think we should kill her. <laughs> it's honest. They talk about it like they're going to whack her around the back of Chateau and then dump her in the river or something. It's like, <laughs> my God. So... We knew this friendship was like doomed to burst in flames from the very beginning. But considering that we've had a lot invested in this friendship really over the last few episodes, it just kind of feels a bit like the rug's been pulled out from under us at the 11th hour. And there's just a lot of blanks that haven't been filled in. Considering it's been such a strong season, it feels like quite poor producing just in the sense that we didn't get... I know, and then it all ends very quickly because their fallout, which I actually don't want to go into that much partly because it's quite poorly produced they just it's one of those ones where it cuts it just like they fight very quickly and Kim Ji has this weird thing where I don't know whether it's her self-consciousness on camera but she can't seem to fight without like the biggest grin on her face yeah like she's really like getting off on so it's really weird Kim seems too excited about the fight for it to like land Mm -hmm. and I don't know why they would rush it because to be honest it's such a strong season but then after this fight it sort of does peter out and there's a few more episodes left and it does just feel like we're sort of killing time yeah until and also the fact it climaxes with the meeting with Caroline which is actually quite a is quite grounded yeah yeah we could have done with um with a big showdown it does feel appropriate though that we end it on that no, it's so high octane 
and everything feels so bombastic and we have all these extras in the fashion show and the brownstone they're just there's so many other but voices it's just these two mate matriarch to matriarch it's just these two women exactly it feels appropriate and also you're so right that like caroline ultimately like she said to Teresa and jacqueline she's not going to give Danielle what she wants she doesn't give her drama yeah she's forcing her into a conversation which is something Danielle's very bad at doing yeah so in a way it is great TV because she's just squirming so much under quite simple questions it's so embarrassing when Caroline just says to her tell me what I specifically have done to you and Danielle can't answer it Everything has, her world has just crumbled around her. Totally. How can you, you spent all this time wringing your hands, obsessing over Caroline, but you can't answer that fundamental question. Exactly. It's like the end of a Hitchcock film or something. (laughs) We've said before it, the ultimately like there is no Caroline Manzo. Danielle's just talking to herself uh, in the mirror. Quickly before we finish, do we even want to touch on like, the reunion and... Yeah, the only thing I would say about the reunion... I mean, obviously, Danielle's incredible. We found out that she's hooked up with this lady singer and they've released a duet But also together. Danielle's music career. Yeah, yeah, like, it's... I haven't heard it and I, I don't... Ellie, she's surprisingly good at singing. It's surprisingly good. I'll, I'll send you the video. We'll post it on Instagram. It's actually not bad in the pantheon of... Credit where credit's due. It's better than... It's better than, um, oh, fucking hell. Not the ring didn't mean a thing. It's better than Melissa's on display. It's better than on display. I would go so far as to say. Yeah, because I respect a housewife doing a ballad. There's no hiding when you're doing a ballad. ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very balladic. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the word? Ballady. It's it's, it's very balladesque. So that was one thing I wanted to say. And then the fact that... For some reason, her outfit, the like white wife beater tucked into this little like orange sequined <laughs> mini skirt. It just yeah. really stuck with me. But also much like the end of the season one reunion where we kind of end on this cliffhanger that Danielle did something unforgivable to Dina. Danielle, I like to think that she knows that the writing's on the wall and she's probably not coming back. She's on an island on her own. Yeah. And there's no salvaging it. But even when she leaves... It's her swan song. She just drops this nugget of information that sets the scene really nicely for season three that Teresa allegedly didn't acknowledge her nephew, who is the son, Mm. the newborn son of Melissa and Joe Gorga. And much like the in foreclosure, Teresa acts in a way that is so wild that I have to think that there's some element of truth to it. And we don't even know how bad it gets when we're ending season two. And it just it's a real nice primer for the new phase yeah. of, of New Jersey that we're about to find ourselves in. She also very famously pushes Andy Cohen. Over. Oh, yeah. Like a bloody ragdoll. <laughs> She's strong. Amazing. (laughs) In her weird floral dress. Yeah, I think it's quite fitting that at the end of that reunion, the person who comes out as like the most mad is Teresa, Mm -hmm. which I think sets us up very nicely for season three and where we then go with the... Where she kind of develops, she suddenly goes from the first two seasons being the sort of kind of daffy, fluffy, supporting side character with a bit of an anger management issue to the anti-hero of the next few seasons where it does really become the Teresa Chronicles and slowly yeah. becomes the villain and it's just it's it's epic I'm excited to get oh, into it can't wait oh. so we'll be discussing that next week do we have any more thoughts that you wanted to share with us before we say goodbye to Danielle no okay <laughs>
Bon voyage, Danielle. Thank you for everything you gave us. There's just something to be said Thank for... You. She really belongs in the Hall of Greats, I think. Much like Brandy, sure. Kim Richards, Mary on Salt Lake. These train wrecks who bring us drama in a way that is problematic and messy with very little tactical foresight. And it just ensures that they're never going to be on the show. Like, it's not sustainable. And it feels like and a kamikaze mission. And who would have thought mission. that she would end up on the uh, Erica Tom documentary <laughs> all those years later? Not just on it, but starting it. Her- Danielle Staub. Crossing her cankles. <laughs> oh. Love it. Danielle. Oh, it's me taking us out. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like the show, tell your friends, go and look at the Instagram page or leave us a review. That's always lovely. We love hearing from you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we really do. <laughs> we do. Uh, and we'll yeah. see you next week. Bye-bye. 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 We are sisters. We are sisters. We are sisters. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>